0: The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma,
1: California, welcome to The Winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen,
2: and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week.
3: Hello, and welcome to The Winemakers. We've got uh, some interesting guests with us today. Uh,
0: <laughs> How about a interesting guest with us?
3: Well, we got Sam Katuri, we got Bart Hansen, and then uh, uh, our friend from the French Laundry, Mr. Ian Blessing, is here visiting today. Hello, John Myers is out on a on uh, assignment for. Uh, well, he he we took a phone call earlier. He's going to be out uh, probably for a couple months. So. Okay. Um, it's possible we might, we might be going to his show if he can find headphones that run for like 150 feet to his bed, <laughs> because he, he would really like to uh, Thanks, Bart. to still be on the show, but he's got to get some uh, stuff taken care of. So in the meantime, the, the kids are running the asylum. I think we had a good show last week with uh, Morgan Twain Peterson and It was Chris only Cattrall. double our normal
1: length. It was perfect. Right. <laughs> can we right. Skype John in? Do, do people still Skype?
3: Um, you know, if, if we were in, in any way technologically uh, advanced, but it took Kyle and I a couple days just to figure out how to work the equipment with the microphones. We're
2: podcasting with a typewriter here. Let's <laughs> not get ahead of ourselves. We, we actually, he
3: said there was some way to hook up a, a phone, because there's these other four jacks that we can hook a cell phone up to. But,
1: um, oh, yeah. I mean, Well, people like shows take callers and stuff, right? That's right. like a thing that people right. do.
3: Yeah, normal shows. Okay, we can Ian, we can take John as a caller. Hey, Longtime Ian, listener, first time caller. Right, you know. <laughs> or, or we can just <clears throat> here, watch this, ready? Oh, we have a call. <laughs> All right, hey, let's, you got um... you got Prince Albert in a can. <laughs> 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 All right, so I figure we you know, we're gonna um just talk a little bit today about what's been going on. We haven't really talked about what's been going on out there in the vineyard, and I know we had a a lot of rain in the last week and a half, two weeks. I think we got um, we, we had a little break yesterday, and then then right back at out. it. We, uh, today. In
2: th- the first weekend, uh, or this last weekend, we broke the record for April rainfall in about forty eight hours. Wow! Uh, so we you know downtown at the tasting house, I uh, posted a couple pictures on my Instagram story. Um, we had you know over four inches of rain in about a thirty-six hour period, which is you know um, a lot. Up at my dad's house, which is gets more rain than the plaza, but still the dry side of the valley. Um, four point eight five inches cool. in that in that first you know atmospheric river, pineapple express.
0: Yeah, we were three and a half inches here at, at my place over that time.
2: See, I would think this would be a we're, we should say we're uh, for the first time ever. Recording here at uh, Shea Dane Cellars. Right. <laughs> right. Thank yeah. you for hosting us today, Bart. Beautiful yeah, house
3: up on the hill. Yeah, um, but this
2: is you know what I would think is the wet side of the valley. It well, I think it, it may is have it just been south,
0: relatively or? where we are, farther south, maybe. Right. Um. Yeah. I that would be what I would say. Because I mean,
2: we uh, technically we're on Sonoma Mountain, right? Correct. We are. What's the elevation 8, here? Eight hundred and fifty-seven feet. Or eight, so and there's a view that I, you know I don't really get that often because most of our vineyards are Moon Mountain District. You know, look kind of the opposite direction from you. Yeah, it's interesting. We don't get sunsets here because
0: right. uh, we're high enough, in the way the hill is behind us. I mean, we get sunsets, but we don't really. We See get sunrise, much, but we get amazing sunrises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and you have great to stay and, up late. I yeah. Mean, yeah, wake and, up early. Yeah. See, I would never get to experience any of that. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you're
3: not still up at 6 a.m. Well, yeah, that's that's the only <laughs> time I would experience it when I'm still up at 6 a.m. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, not really then, enjoying it that much. No. <laughs>
1: Restaurant hours <laughs> Bring, brings me back to my, my my Chico days, where I was like walking home from from work at the Pita bit until four in the morning, and then playing Risk with my buddies, drinking Mountain Dew, and like. Literally walked home at 8 a.m. Like I got see, used to that. That, that, was, that was that was my every morning was walking home down the avenues of Chico while the sun was rising, going, "What am I doing?"
3: See some walk of shame action going <laughs> yeah, on
1: every day. <laughs> Wait, see
0: it or you were it?
2: <laughs>
1: I was it and saw it. Because I you saw just the you kind you kind of walk past Chico, the other people that are doing <laughs> the same thing, and you just kind of like you That's lock eyes for deal. a second, and then you just look down. <laughs>
3: All right, guys. So anyway, <laughs> and there's a great, great moonrise
2: also. Right, right. It, it, you know, we have a, uh, the thing about Sonoma Valley. From various places, you can see, uh, you know, two of the m- most prominent peaks in in the Bay Area, which is Mount Tam, and and Mount Diablo. And here, just to give you a sense of people who, if you if you know the map, we're basically. It looks like we're almost due east of of Diablo from here, looking towards uh, you know. The Evangelo Vineyard in Contra Costa County, like Morgan and Chris were talking about. Yeah, last. I mean that's basically where you're looking, right? That's
0: that's exactly it. We uh, you look through um, Vallejo t- towards, uh, towards right at Mount Diablo yeah. and, and right through that pass where those vineyards would be, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, hmm. and then to, you know to the to the left there's a whole bunch of Carneros and um, all laying out in front of you there.
3: Well, there's some nice vineyards just on the drive up here on uh, Grove.
0: Yeah. Um, there's, uh, uh, well, the Lazy Dog Lazy Dog which Lazy a, Dog th- is now the, I that
3: just a, bottle a f- bottle of wine from them It's a, it's a, uh, it's a unique white varietal okay. No, no,
0: no You're, you're on a different thing It's really? Lazy Dog Vineyard it's, is it's uh, Valley of the Moon and Lake Sonoma Winery And it's Cabin Malbec It's a oh, fill-planted okay. fill yeah. vineyard um, there was they, two fire, like
2: small fires on the vineyard, and I think he quit. <laughs> I think he was like, yeah, in two years. <laughs> Bad sign, I'm yeah. at. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Sandy Wales Vineyard is here. Um, uh, the, um, uh,
2: well, the Severson, the Stone Edge is Stone out there. Stone Edge is out we there. We don't really see Stone Edge from Grove. Severson but there. Severson, our little, our little Cabernet Vineyard that mostly goes to the New York market we drive by. Uh, a vineyard that, uh, I don't know if we planted but i know we had a lot to do with um that was called the solstice vineyard uh yeah. the the owners sold it a few years ago i noticed that had been pulled out as it a had what I, I from what i understand, that vineyard actually
0: needed probably to go it did and and from what i understand though the grenache in the back is still there oh it is yeah oh good but i don't know who gets it it's a mystery
2: we um i think it went into some random blend of ours one year we Phil, you know, it was the year. It was the year that they sold, and you know, this is what happens with sixteen six hundred. A lot is, you know, something's happening, and Phil ends up with a bin of grapes, and then I end up figuring out what to do with it. So yeah, we made all this wine last year. I was like, well, what is it? So the interesting thing about this
0: area here is, is that it's everything around it is all huge cobbles. I mean, you know, head size, head size cobbles. Um and it's all rock, Um, all volcanic. The 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 Oscar Vineyard. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, oh the the, Idels, the 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 Idels. Who the um you know Steve Matheson Farms, the Michael Mara Vineyard. Um the Michael Mara Vineyard. Thank you. Um I've been there and seen that and it's just it's all rock and that's nearby here too right down it is
2: it's down it's down the road.
1: I as we were driving up I didn't realize how far up you were. We we were passing Carragher and I thought oh my God you're right next to the Idels. We 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 poured. Probably three or four different Chardonnays, and I've been to a couple of their tastings where they pour everybody comes and, and, and yeah. pours all their Chardonnays, and you know it's like ten, you get to taste ten wines from the same vineyard, which is pretty cool because they're yeah. all made in in different styles, and, and it's a it's a range of wines, but they all share this this really incredible um, almost tannin structure for for Chardonnay, which is which is really yeah. interesting, and they've got this like this stony minerality, but this minerality that's more grip almost than anything else.
0: Well, and, and so it's been theorized that what this is, it's somewhere there was a huge landslide, and it just blew out this whole area of solid rock. Huh. Um, Carragher Creek runs through here, and um, that's when you're driving down Arnold Drive. Um, you go over that, and you can see that's just a big wide wash of...
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, that whole... You know, where we have the Stone Edge Vineyard and where yeah. our Severson Cab comes, it's, it's gravel. It's very, uh, you know, the water does not, like Yeah, water uh,
0: does not um, hold. It just flows right, right. through it. Um, so it's a, another unique growing area here in Sonoma Valley.
3: And from your deck, we see Durrell as well. We also
0: right. see the top of Durrell, yeah, yeah, the more the hilly side. And, um, there you know, Durrell has its own little pocket valley. And so we see the top of the ridge of that. Correct.
2: Right? Right. right. Yeah. And so,
3: what's going on out there, guys? You guys have been out there. What's, uh, I mean, it looks, the vines are looking nice right now.
2: It is, you know, just about everywhere that I've seen is in some stage of of bud break. You know, the Cabernet is kind of the last to join the party, but it's starting to show a few little, you know, little leaves here and there. Uh, You know, the Rones that I've seen, Viognier, Grenache, they all have those, uh, you know, sort of like pre grape, uh, pre blossom, you know, starting to form those. Maya Thomas Olds, who is much smarter in grapes than I am, posted something on either Facebook or, or I mean Instagram or Twitter with the name of that, and I don't remember the name of it because I didn't That's go to idea. Davis, um, barely <laughs> went to Reno, um, <laughs> but it's definitely you know the 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 formation of the 2018 vintage is is begun. You can go out there and. Start to count the grapes, uh, you know, before they've hatched. But um, the the eggs have been laid in that way. I mean, it's it's happening in the in the Grenache. You know, some places where there's two, three leaves out. Seen some Pinot out in Carneros. That's you know four, five leaves. Um, so that's kind of what the measurement this time of year is. Um, you know, you're gonna see a little bud break and there'll be these kind of little fuzzy leaves that come out of it and then you'll start to get the 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 branch growth the shoot growth um and then it'll push new leaves and then you know so you're measuring how many leaves up um the those new growths are so that's kind of the 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 benchmarks that you're looking for so bud break and then one leaf two leaf you know four or five is starting to be some some serious growth so we're there in some places and then so
0: everybody's done their first uh spray pass
2: yeah everything's getting getting sulfured we're starting to mow um a lot of the places are you know starting the the cultivation you know putting those cover crops back into the soil um you know that's that process is is begun
0: and and at this point you know that last um rain that we had as as much as it was wasn't necessarily damaging it it probably means an extra pass for, for the tractor drivers right it means more tractor hours for, yeah uh, and and but a nice you know re, another shot for the soil for moisture and make sure all the ponds are topped off and uh, we're gonna get a couple more right no we're gonna d-
3: start about uh, in about 20 minutes actually
1: <laughs> yeah yes. no, I, uh,
2: I think tomorrow afternoon but, oh, and really so was,
1: so yeah. what what does that mean for... I mean, when, when we get heavy rains during bud break, how does that affect the potential crop? Is there more potential for for mold and mildew? And do, do you need to manage the vines more when it's raining at this time?
2: Um, had this, you know, that weather event that we had um, been two or three, maybe a month later, two, three weeks later, um, you could have started to talk about more damage. Um, as, as far as... Uh, the timing goes, it really couldn't have come at a better time. You know, it, we, uh, as far as rainfall goes in, in the valley, um, we're still below average for, for this winter. Um, but four or five inches in, in April, um, you know, kind of translates as far as, you know, available water to those vines as 10 or 12 inches would have been in February when we had, you know, June like weather. Um, so, from that standpoint this was a fairly beneficial uh you know it didn't do any damage to the vines um it's going to give them a good you know spring watering um, i think things are going to start to grow really you know you we have some cool weather and some little bit more rain coming but nothing like that uh, i think once the sun comes out uh for in earnest we're going to have some some big growth and that's when you start to have more vulnerabilities that's when you have some more vulnerability to to frost um to early mildew on those on those new shoots, uh, really slowing growth down, um, and then you know of course any other like when you get to more inclement kind of weather, uh, you know I want to I don't even want to say the H word, but yeah. you know, if we had some sort of hail event, um, that's the kind of thing yeah. that could do a lot of damage this time of year. Um, so you know you're looking for frost and, and hail are the the two sort of biggest uh, pre-bloom dangers. But um, then once bloom starts, kind of all bets are off. You don't want anything. If if you could put little jars around every single cluster out there, you would. But uh, I mean, that's when you really are are in the sort of most tenuous time as far as um, you know what the crop mm-hmm. is going to look like. And that's probably a m- month and a half away in most places, I would say.
1: And uh, when you say bloom, that's that's actual little grapes. Yeah, then little forming grapes forming on yeah,
2: the vine. The the. Um, the grape flower. Flower is um, tiny, little pinhead kind of flowers, uh, really fragile, uh, self-pollinating. But um, just it, it's it, literally you go out there, and if you bump into one, you're gonna shatter. shatter it. it, okay. Um, so that's when rain. Wind, okay, so dropped, at this
1: stage, rain, yeah. rain still okay. Rain's rain, rain, good. Rain, Bring at, it on. The, rain at this stage is good for 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 the yeah, water table, especially because we didn't it's get, good it when we get it for growth. We moving forward. Okay, exactly. yeah,
3: and I think we deserve a a little bit of an easier year this year. I would think. I mean,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, well, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, it's I, it's been a few in a row now.
3: <laughs> yeah. It would be nice if things went smooth. You know, we we had it what we had funny. like
1: thirty days of extreme heat last year, followed by extreme fire. <laughs> um it was just
2: and follow you know that all preceded uh was preceded by extreme rain yeah you know last year this year we get to 70 percent of normal last year we were at 170 percent of normal well Uh, to to
1: be fair we had a few good ones in a row you know early in this decade so yeah fair enough Yeah, so, I know it's California and all, but uh, instead, twi- and the 2017 vintage spoken by a non-grape. You, can't, you yeah. can't get all of them.
2: <laughs>
1: I just drink the stuff.
2: <laughs>
1: I drink the stuff and I tell the story. <laughs> good or good or bad, it's still a story. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you guys have to deal with all this.
2: <laughs> I mean, the story of the 2017 vintage um, will be a is a compelling story. It's a, it'll, uh, it'll it'll I, be a great story. And, <laughs> and but the wines pre-fire um and the wines from places that weren't surrounded by fire um are very beautiful fantastic wines 2017 you know certainly the the story will always be at least in this area the story will always be those fires but um
1: and almost surprisingly beautiful right considering the the crazy heat waves that we had in in 17
2: I, i mean yes and no grapes like hot and dry i mean um you know, the, but the but fact but, and that, but and to, they are resilient. But to yeah. that
1: extreme, I mean, there were there were days that were like there were so many days that were well, like 110. It, it that, like, so does, that, doesn't that doesn't that shut the vine down?
0: So that might be a tale of vineyard management. Yeah, that's you know? a test of the farming. Okay, um, mm-hmm. you know those those farmers that were prepared and had enough moisture in the ground and their vines were uh, well tended um, waded through that, and those that weren't, they have their issues. Yeah, yeah. I, that's my call.
3: So, Ian, what what have you been up to since the last time you were on the? What was the last time you were on the podcast? Was that at the room room where we were outside? Uh, no, 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 I
1: was at uh, at, at John's house. Oh, a yeah, month, with Jeff co- Cohen. A couple months ago with Jeff Cohen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. with Jeff. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. That was a, that's a now famous show, the, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: the second, the second <laughs> yeah. episode we <that> got, uh, <laughs> yeah. got a little loose. We got a little saucy.
3: <laughs> a little, yeah, the, <laughs> the name of the show is Overserved. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: and, and, and
0: we'll have to see what Jeff Bunchy walks into here. Yeah. That's our next He's going to walk in and walk right back and out. We, <laughs> we did um,
2: just start with uh, you know shooting for the stars as far as wines in our glass here. We have a what is this, Brian? A nineteen seventy Grand Cru Bordeaux. And
3: before you got here, we actually opened up a Pommery, a non vintage. um, We we it's I mean it's a champagne. We don't know. I was on
2: Filcateri time. I apologize. We don't.
3: We have no idea of when that was actually disgorged, but it was. It was. um, It had seen its time. There was just a slightly effervescent sherry at this point. Um, is what it kind of tastes like, sounds, but um, sounds fairly gross, yeah. Uh, to be those honest. of you that listen to the show, you know Uncle Dave Seller, uh, my uncle that is a pest inspector, bug sprayer, um, has you know lucked into this cellar, uh, and uh, the other day we found a new box and. Um, Mark um, <laughs> the psalm at uh,
0: Sante to, and I. I don't even know what to say to that. I think <laughs> Uncle
2: Dave's cellar should just be like its own Instagram account. i, I just I, post right? pictures at, from I mean, at um, Uncle Dave's seller? At no. Uncle Dave's <laughs> cellar, and just like post the pictures of random bottles that. Your Uncle Dave is finding in the cellars of <laughs> Petaluma? He, what's, his, like, what's his district? Like, how far ranging? He
3: does Marin and Sonoma County. But but he just used to take care of this couple that were collectors and went throw parties all the time. And after the husband passed away, the wife said, you know, if you want any of that wine, if you just bring some boxes... And he told me this. And I, I said, how many boxes can we bring over? <laughs> um, but he, you know, he doesn't drink wine. He drinks beer. So he doesn't care if I go over there and take it. Can, so, we, t-
1: can we take a field trip down there? I,
3: you know, there's, there's we, not a lot left. And I thought we were actually all, all done. But we, we spied a box in his garage the other day. And Mark DeSantisante and I, it was his birthday last week. And we were talking about birth date wines, about drinking wines on your birthday from your birth date. And I said, oh, I've never had any 1970 stuff. And then in this box is a 70 Mar- uh margot and also uh, a spanish dessert wine that was picked in 1970 but then not bottled until i think 92 or 94 they they um aged it for 20 years before even bottling um, but i didn't bring that so i just brought the uh, the margot which is um, freaking fantastic I so this know, was just kinda... kept,
1: this is just kept in his garage
3: well they had it the, the people it's, that it's he really, would get it's really it really well intact. kept yeah. a cellar but then uncle dave just has it in his Garage with his, I don't know, sixty-five it, Malibu. And it actually adds to the um, mystique of Uncle Dave's cellar. That's it does. Actually, his garage. Uncle Dave's garage. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, when you walk in there, oh, you smell motor oil. That's what it smells like. It doesn't
1: smell like a normal uh, wine cellar. That's for sure.
2: Is that getting a hint of carbon monoxide. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. I wonder what the Rieslings are like. Though. There's a little, there's a little
1: cat pee and uh, and diesel. No, that's actually just a cat. Pee. Oh wait, I'm, no, that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's a cat. the yeah, next okay. door neighbor's cat. <laughs>
2: yeah. This this Riesling smells like diesel. You know, what's interesting about this bottle. There's a, a, a handwritten, what I'm assuming is the price tag on the bottom right, of it, right? right. $40, yep. which... Um, well, no, and the other thing is the bottle is square. The bottle. No, it's the funniest-looking bottle. It, it's square. It has this silly, like, seal on it. Uh, you know, and this is...
1: Uh, Did we even say what it was yet? Did you just say... No, oh, oh, no, we need yeah. to... And if you
2: want... That's what the that. sommelier is here for, to pronounce <laughs> the French. That's <laughs> your job, Ian. How, how, how do you work this thing,
0: this <laughs> So it's, it's a Corvin, can we? Can we? <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, no, it's
2: no, not. No. You gotta press the
3: thing. Okay, so it's a Chateau Rosan Segala, and um, the history started in the reign of Louis the Fourteenth, when uh, Pierre de Rosson acquired this estate in six sixty one, and he became the tax farmer of Chateau Margot and Chateau Latour.
1: What is a tax farmer?
3: Yeah, right? Is, he farms their a, taxes. Is that a nice name for a tax collector? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm sort of going to farm your taxes. You know, it's the in, European version it, of a tax collector.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. There, um, You, as a producer in France, part of your production goes into the, the village-level wine. Part of your production goes into... You know, making the the local Oh, um, it's going to the uh, government. It's going to the government. You're farming so, for the so government. Uh, there must be some, you know uh, Well probably it, some sort of tax break. They, yeah, there's some like farming I mean, I don't know I don't know exactly what that is, but that's what As m-
1: part of your taxes they just your, farm the some of your farmer. grapes and take them.
2: I, I I mean there is there it wouldn't there was would president. That's, that's for very un American. Like I don't is I don't it very, like it is that. Very I, I hate that story. Uh, but at the same time, that's well, where you get. This all is those. France. I hate this wine. <laughs> <laughs> this is, the most interesting
3: thing is that um, so these wines have delighted many well-known figures, most famously Thomas Jefferson.
1: I was gonna say Thomas Jefferson. He
3: came across this wine during uh, uh, so his visit the to Coke the vineyards Brothers of Bordeaux, <laughs> and he placed an order for several cases this might be one of those
0: bottles.
1: So I was no. looking up so so later we're going to we're going to open when, 1970. when Oh no wait, the
3: 1770, sorry.
1: <laughs> so when so when Jeff gets here later we're going to open I, I brought a, a 1982 Gunlock Bunshu Kleinberger and I was looking up Kleinberger on the way here uh, on on my on my on my Google and
2: uh Is something new And new Thomas
1: that... Jefferson popped up. Thomas Jefferson wrote about Kleinberger at some point. I'm like what? what he was like Thomas Jefferson was the man. He was a baller. He was so cool. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to hang out with TJ.
3: Well, I like that he's always trying to lower the taxes and the tariffs on wine coming in because yes, Thomas Jefferson right. is the
1: anti-tax farmer because well, <laughs> he's saying, oh yeah, because
3: I don't think we should have to pay taxes It's because he was stocking his yeah, because he was stocking yeah, yeah. everything. <laughs> right. Well, there's that
2: whole um, piece of the the Rudy Kearney one story where. Supposedly, you know, he had right. sold bottles of wine that were t- from Thomas Jefferson Cellars to uh, one of the Koch brothers, right. uh, who are people that probably are deserving of a good swindle here and there. Well, this uh, is one of the good brothers. And, and <laughs> this, <is my laughs> this bad. guy,
3: this guy, kind of veered off from the from the other brothers. Right, and he went into a wine fine wines
2: and, instead uh, of collecting coal companies. Right. Um, and but supposedly the bottles that that. Rudy sold were bottles that Rudy made uh, in his his house in the Valley in Los Angeles, right? Um, where he was running a, a. It's actually it's a great it's, uh, a, great it's a great documentary. Netflix, uh, Sour Grapes: The Rudy Kurniawan Story. Um, really interesting. It's real, yeah. You know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in in counterfeit wine that supposedly uh, Rudy was making um, in his house in Los Angeles, and there's people today who. Bought wine from Rudy's, you know, quote unquote collection. Who ins- insist that it's the right wine, that it still it tastes good, it tastes right. And and the deal was he supposedly Rudy's palate is such that he was making these blends that if they didn't taste like uh, you know 1940s Burgundy. Uh, tasted close enough to convince people to part with their money.
3: Well, and he would actually take... There were stellar vintages, and then he would pick up bottles that were a, a couple of vintages earlier or a couple vintages later. On, so on that, an off vintage. So that then when then you would test the wine, it, it seemed like it was the right age, but it wasn't actually from that vintage, but he would get top dollar for it. Um, yeah, I hope that well, guy Because Unless you've, is, ha- no, unless you've had jail. that
1: wine, unless you've had that, you know, say you bought the 61 or whatever, unless you've had that... You know, ten times, and, and your palate's incredible. There's no way you're 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 99 of consumers, even you know wine aficionados, whatever, they're going to taste that and go, yeah, holy crap, this oh, it is tastes amazing. like old burgundy. Because right, at the end right, of the day, you right. you 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 know, perception is reality. You look at the bottle and you go, okay, this is the 1961 right. whatever, and and you taste it, and it, the wine is intact. It's got it got sounds that nice layer and of dust still, on and it, and it still tastes yeah. great. And you mm-hmm. go, oh my god, this is incredible. And you just spent twenty thousand dollars on on a wine that cost him. Two thousand dollars to put together. At the end, yeah. you, you kind of got to appreciate the art, the art form. In it, you know, as as swindleless as and 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 horrible as it is, you gotta. But that, that it, takes a lot of skill. It to, also to do
3: that. ruins the the trust though between it crushes, the consumer it crushes and, uh, and the and uh, the rep. Which I would think I, I don't buy like,
2: any old burgundy at auction anymore. Because
3: well, <laughs> see, but someplace <laughs> like the French Laundry, would be, do you have people going in there and go, oh, where did you guys? Where no, do you guys get and this that, wine? It, it doesn't
1: or? happen often, but I've had people. I've had just friends come up to me and they're like, you know, I've got this bottle of. 1990 krug can you tell me if it's fake i'm like i don't think your 90 krug is fake like what are you like you spent a couple hundred dollars on this sure but like i don't think anybody's forging 1990 krug like it's made people so distrusting and so concerned i'm like just open it and drink it i'm like even if it is whatever it's still gonna be fine you're still gonna like it she's like can you verify this for me i'm like i don't have how do no <laughs> I have there no is, way of verifying those little magnifying glasses There's no app for that right <laughs>
3: well, that's what I was curious about with that with that bottle with that bottle of champagne is there's now I know a lot of the champagne houses are doing um disgorge dates, and it's a little code that you can see on the on the bottle, and you can actually pick up the codes, but not everyone's doing it, and if you have older vintages that are non vintage there's there's just no way to tell, I
1: guess. They, um, they weren't, they weren't putting, putting scanning barcodes on wines in the sixties. Right. Unfortunately, we, um, didn't, we didn't, we didn't have that technology. But
3: doesn't this more go, doesn't it say contain sulfites on it? Does it say that? Uh, or it, it, I've got another bottle that I got from the, I think the same year that I, says I can't, contain I, sulfites. I can imagine.
0: And I, I mean, that wasn't until uh, the late eighties that that was passed. Really? I think, yeah. I
1: think this is a forged bottle. So,
0: <laughs> I think your I think your uncle right. I think your Uncle Dave this
1: is, He paid forty whoever this is bought actually this paid 40 Uncle Dave's sellers were four. Well, whoever whoever sold around. it to him, they put this together for four dollars. It uh, was it was two different uh, bottles of two <laughs> buck chuck that they masterfully blended. It
2: doesn't taste <laughs> at all like nice. swindled Dave. <laughs> One pint ain't <eight> fluent ounces. <laughs>
1: right.
3: Yeah, always the measurements are yeah. uh, a little bit different too. But that you're right, that bottle uh, doesn't, that doesn't shape I've never it. seen before on any on any bottles except S- those
2: Second crew class. I think Thomas
3: Jefferson uh, requested that they put him in those uh, square,
0: <laughs> in square bottles. Yeah. Yeah. The square bottle is fascinating. Wait till the 1970s and then do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we, like don't, it. we don't Wait, know. Should we, haven't... We, should we start talking
2: time travel, maybe? Maybe. Could have happened.
3: Um. Anything's possible.
2: Uh, things get weird up here in the up at this elevation in Dane Sellers land. There's a
3: vortex up there. <laughs> I see a lot of red dirt. <laughs>
2: It's all those rocks. No,
0: it's all right. just rocks. Right. It's all the rocks that are now down on the valley floor.
3: Well, what what else did we pop up when we popped up in a bedrock? Um,
0: bedrock uh, Riesling from the oldest Riesling planted in the state of California. Which is where? Uh, they call it the That's Wur- the Wurz Vineyard. Yeah. Shenayg Sh- Sh- Valley. Oh, Morgan. Sorry, I, I know I, I just said uh, that, that one.
2: Did you know if you haven't gone back and listened to the? The Morgan Peterson, uh, Morgan Twain Peterson, Chris Catrell episode. Morgan's pronunciation of everything, French, English, Spanish, uh, definitely is beats the hell out of ours. Right, <laughs> S- Cienga Valley. Uh, it's, it's like Sienega, It's like La Cienega, C- okay. right? Okay, there you go. Right,
0: there you go. So it. planted in 1963, and this is probably a wine that but is being is that? poured down um at the historic vineyard society tasting on May 21st. Right. At the Press Club in San Francisco. I can't believe he's,
3: what do you say 30 bucks?
0: Get your tickets
3: right? at the 30
2: bucks to go try all, all those uh, old yeah. S- the Cienega Valley, Cienega Road. Uh oh, it's like it's like south of Hollister. Um so you know, south of Gilroy, south of the south, a, south, south of the Bay Area, and you're I, saying these I, I are the oldest
3: to, Riesling vines in California.
2: Yeah, oldest surviving, oldest surviving Riesling.
3: Okay, so they haven't been replanted. Is that what you mean? Correct.
2: Right. They're
0: old, literal. As we were speaking out with him, old vines. Right. There's also some Mataro down there. I I guess you have to refer to it as Mataro from now on, right? If you're, uh, did
2: you uh, notice that? Yeah, that's what we call it in California. Um, Dude, everyone in Lodi does that too. Why did we adopt Mataro? Uh, is that the Spanish pronunciation? Is it the Italian yeah. pronunciation? You know, I, I know Tegan so has always... Portuguese, vino tinto. Yeah, uh. Tegan <laughs> has
0: always um, uh, mentioned it being Mataro. Um, and, and obviously Morgan does, but you know, I guess maybe you Frenchies um, have... Yeah, I, I'm not going to call
2: it Mataro in a meeting with Philippe Combi. Right. <laughs> I think that's right. probably a bad, Grenache, bad look. Grenache, Syrah, and Mataro. I'm be like, uh, well, and
0: well, even well, in
3: uh, <laughs> Loda and Contra Casa, they don't call Carignan Carignan. They they call it... S- Car- carignana? They have some weird pronunciation where I thought it was some, I don't know. No, it's like I'll carry on. They they're just kind of oh, they're farmers. They well, don't they don't, a- don't want to pronounce any French words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Mataro was the Australian and the South African name. I thought Monastrel was the Spanish.
3: Right. Well, you right. You're, yeah, You're that's what that's what I would say too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, I, He's mostly, a master I, I, of line, I, make I make most of this stuff up. Are he you knows. A master but, of no, line? he knows way more than I do, <laughs> <laughs> and he makes it <laughs> better.
2: Backpedal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, that's what they called it, um, and I guess you want to call an old Planting Mataro. You can call an old Planting Mataro if you want to call a new Planting of Mavedra Mataro. Um, you know what? Sam? whatever sound, sells. Better. Right. Uh, you know. Whatever you know, clearly Bedrock's doing pretty good. So whatever they can call right. whatever they want there's, 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 he's, he's so working, he's
1: crushing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: We, we had a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can have those guys back on the show. I think they're already picking though for uh, under they're, the They're wild.
2: already <laughs> they're they're in the vineyard right now. <laughs> checking sugars. It was crazy. Their their
3: <laughs> harvest times are. I mean, I can't believe you got guys out there from July until. Well, October. I mean, I give them I, mean, I give
2: them shit about the July thing, but um, it you know, a when you're doing sparkling wine the way that they're doing it and and B, when you're growing grapes in the areas that they're growing, you know, warm, low-dye, Contra Costa County, uh, old vines, no irrigation, um, Right. you know, you're not going to get to uh, sugar levels that you can get to on, in a modern vineyard planting. Um, you know, it's it's a different style of farming, it's a different type, type of, of winemaking. You know, with, with the Bedrock program, they, they do all of that so that uh you know starting with those types of vineyards to to more modern vineyards so um uh, you know really their their mo- vineyard monitoring sugar sampling season starts in July and wow. their harvest doesn't end until the middle of October um and you know and they're also traveling all over you know northern california to accomplish that um you know it's a there's there's a handful of people like that who who are doing that in um, California winemaking and it's a, a dedicated crazy way of doing it but um, I know. you know from their standpoint they it, it's a winery with um, with a thesis and the thesis is oh. old vines uh, and um, you know to make that model work you got to search all over California because there's these little hidden pockets of where those vineyards survive
3: right and that's what after um, listening to them talk about it anyone that's that's seen that show American Pickers. Where, uh, where the guys, they get around drive around. <laughs> That's what I imagine Chris and Morgan. They're kind of freestyling. They're they're like, what are we doing today? We're freestyling. And the they're be- just driving around looking for little vineyards that What is are American Pickers? The bedrock pickers. Is that it's a grape? It's those guys show? from Iowa. No, no. They're, they're, no. From, they're from Iowa. Rusty gold, man. Oh.
1: And they go around. And they... I got really excited. I thought there was a show about grape growers.
0: <laughs> no, no,
1: <laughs> where man. do I watch I
0: this? Know, but nobody you know, wants to watch sometimes it. They, have,
3: they have appointments. <laughs> I've been watching the they...
1: same five wine documentaries over and over again on Netflix. Wait. There's nothing else to no, watch.
3: Well, watch American Pickers. Have it's a lot of fun. They just, about, they right, just exactly. drive around and look for, you know, they'll look for an old barn or old cars, and then they then they just stop and knock on the door and go, "You got any of this stuff? Can we buy your shit?" So that's what people I are like.
2: Uh, nah, I like my shit. I see Morgan and then just and then pulling and then up, they up to someone's negotiate.
1: driveway and, and knocking on the door. Hey, what
3: are you guys growing there? So it's like
2: it's like it's like
1: storage wars, except they just go to people's houses and try and buy their shit.
2: Uh, no. It's a little bit. It's a little bit like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all it's reality so, television. So rude. So you know, you figure half of it's salted and fake, but um, no. But no, they I mean,
3: want to offer more money, so it's not. It's not rude. Okay, so and they're they helping. Kind
2: of, like, I mean, to be honest, we're so far. This is what happens when John's not around. Right. Uh, but <laughs> to, to realize it. <laughs> but. Um, you know, they're a lot of those people that they end up. Those, it, it's basically hoarders, and they, hoarders. But if you've been hoarding for long enough, the old stuff that you've been hoarding might have some value. I think is That's kind of right. the 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 message of. And you know, if you've been hoarding your old vine vineyard and somehow managed to not pull it out, yeah, Chris and Morgan are going to show up Chances and offer are you there's more some, some than good wo- stuff there. Yeah, it's, you know, dust, or, dusty gold out there. Yeah, in or because
0: you've been hoarding so much, you're. Your old vineyards just kind of at its point where it needs uh, Chris and Morgan to save it. save it. yeah. Because all you've been doing is looking at your uh, gas cans or your oil cans that you've been
2: saving, right? Which <laughs> are stored in the same place you store your vineyard, right? right.
3: Uh, well, I'm gonna say let's let's wrap up this show. We uh, we have a special guest that's gonna be coming on the next show. And um, um, Sam, uh, what was your favorite thing that we drank in the last uh, 15 minutes?
2: Uh, I mean. 1970 Grand Cru Bordeaux Corvind out of a square bottle that Thomas Jefferson blessed. So it was pretty freaking <laughs> awesome. I think it was actually part of his collection. Yeah, from Thomas Jefferson's Koch Brothers Curry One Collection. What, no. I,
0: I, you know what? I bet um, I bet Joel Peterson was there with him. Yeah, right. When, right. when
2: Joel Peterson invented square bottles in Bordeaux, it was That's one
1: of the one of the few bottles that actually got produced and, and made it past the tax farmer. Yeah, exactly. They, we, I, they, the the, the pro- production production would have been another few thousand cases, but apparently the French government we'll took have,
2: it. We'll have to ask the Podfather if we have uh, permission to go out on this episode with a little bit of the Beatles tax man or something. Right. <laughs> hey and
3: Sam, what was that what was that the, that I saw on Twitter the other day? Or who is sixteen sixty and sixteen six hundred?
2: Oh man. Alright, well apparently there's a some poor guy in Petaluma who's uh, Instagram handle or not uh, Twitter handle is sixteen sixty spelled in the exact same way that I spell sixteen six hundred, uh, which is sixteen. The word it's
1: spelled sixteen, s- and then 60? and then six zero, oh <laughs> and mine
2: is six zero zero. And when when we put a one of the tweets about the episode last week, um, we dropped a zero from uh, so okay. so this guy this poor guy is getting you know. All his his ats his mentions on on Twitter are sixteen six hundred. Apparently, he doesn't drink wine, so he's he's like really feeling. He's not uh, amused. He's not no, amused he's not. by he's, our typos. He doesn't look at a pretty vineyard. It was nothing. <laughs> he, was just. he sees vineyards from his house, but doesn't drink wine. You know, and he, to each their own. Uh, but sixteen sixty out there, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, you probably hate us. <laughs> but we apologize. Yeah, he's. But if you don't mind, us. yeah,
0: don't give us a review on iTunes. Yeah,
2: please don't review us on iTunes. If you do like us and you uh, please do review us on iTunes. All right. And Sam, uh, people can find you where? Uh, well, at 16600 uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Also, at Grapes with a View is my personal uh, you can just find me at The Tasting House. And if you guys out there, First if you want to
3: just mess with this guy in Petaluma, hit him up at, uh, <laughs> at 1660.
2: Ask him when Shenan Blanc is coming. Out. <laughs> oh, perfect. He'll love that. Yeah.
3: Bart, Shannon Blanc uh, going out to wine club members. You got that thing written yeah, yet yep, or what? Yep.
0: It's all written. It's all written. All Look right. For it.
3: OK. And uh, Ian from French Laundry, you going to hang around and do uh, be another right. show I'm with not, us? I'm not going anywhere. And I think Ian's going to a baseball game tonight. So he's got the night off. And, Go Giants. Um, We're just getting him warmed up. And uh, all four of us are going to be down at HDR, right? Bart, I think you're yeah, yeah, setting it up. Uh, so, absolutely. So, uh, so I may be camping, Rohn,
1: but
0: yeah, I'm, can, I'm are, going.
1: Are we going to do a show down there or what? No. I think we should. Uh,
3: really?
0: Friday yeah. Well, we we riding, got the equipment. We're in control. Let's do it.
1: Broadcasting live from Hospice Du Rhone. I mean, come uh, on.
3: Well, what we, we can't...
0: need is a power cord somewhere in the middle of the fairgrounds.
1: Uh,
3: well, we know at Ian's hotel room is probably going to be busy. Because supposedly it? he just is like... Uh, uh, a college uh, senior right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can do it in his hotel room. Maybe uh, if someone's got a quiet space down in Paso, they want to let us... How uh, quiet does
2: it have to be? I guess it has to be pretty quiet. Um, we'll figure it, we'll figure it out. out. We'll I figure, out. figure I got, it out. I got, really I got some ideas. I got some I think ideas. Think we should. Oh, I, good, good, yeah. good. You got this... My brain's moving for a minute. I'll take advantage of that. Yeah. And, yeah. and see what can happen. Okay, perfect. We <laughs> still have uh, another show. Soon, all so right, all well, right. I'll slow it down.
3: And if you want to go see Ian, you can go see him at the French Laundry, I think... Basically, taking reservations don't, for June They, they don't take reservations. You just walk in whenever you want to get a meal. Just drop um, in. And, uh, just, just drop in. Just whenever. drop by. They're, Value
2: menu $5, $5 burgers. Um,
3: <laughs> and if they give any trouble, just say, I'm a friend of Ian Blessings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you next week. Um, we're out of here on, on the, the uh, wine Winemakers Podcast.
2: Radio Misfits Podcast Network.